Whoa! I could just carry on worshiping. You guys are awesome. I love, I love that song. Anything celebrating the resurrection. Anything celebrating the resurrection. Just one request. Please do not tell me the result of last night. Do not tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, anyway. But as I always say, listen, the resurrection, that's better than any all-black try. That's better than any silver ferns win over the diamonds. That's better than anything. And man, as a follower of Jesus, that's something to be excited about. Hey, thank you so much for your warm welcome. And uh, I bring greetings from Life Church Timaru down in the South Island. You can see it if you look out your window. Um, you know, we are there. We are there. And uh, it's, it's really neat. My wife, Johanna, is uh, with us this weekend and our church manager, Lynn Weaver. So, yeah, yeah. We've had a great weekend. I just want to thank you and just thank you again for the warm welcome, the hospitality, the generosity, and the heart for Jesus and his church and our nation that exists in this place. You're a passionate people, and I am blessed. And you are even more blessed because you get to hang around in that atmosphere all the time. So just wonderful. Tell me, when were you last really hungry. I mean, really hungry. You know, really hungry. I'm getting some nods. Now, actually, I don't know, you know, living in New Zealand, you know, really hungry. Well, come on. You know. But anyway, you woke up one morning, I'm starving, or you got home from work, or got home from school, or uni, or wherever you are, and you said, I'm starving. You ever done that? Yeah. yeah. Then what did you do? Ah, you go and find your favorite snack or your favorite thing and you know maybe you have to make a trip to the fast food restaurant or outlet you know Kentucky Fried or wherever it is for you or or you reach for the chocolate yeah come on now dark chocolate 72% is food right it's food it's food anyway you eat you eat some of you are looking forward to lunch fish and chips yeah you eat, and how do you feel? Oh, man, that was good. Yeah? Now, there's a hunger within you that's even greater than that. Greater than even your starving. There's a hunger within you that only God can truly meet. It's a hunger that you have. We lost it in the garden. We've been hungering for these three things ever since. We turn in all different directions to find them. Often we turn to the wrong places to satisfy these hungers. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. The very first book in the New Testament called Matthew's Gospel. And verse 13, we're reading from there. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Are there any of those people who were baptized here this morning? 
last week? Any of you here? Hey, yeah, you, you rose up out of the water. Maybe this didn't happen, though. At that moment, heaven was opened. <laughs> Maybe you felt like heaven was opened, huh? Yeah. And, the, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Every single believer needs the Spirit of God to come upon them. The Spirit dwells within us at the moment we believe in Jesus as God, surrendering our life to him. The Spirit dwells within us. But the Spirit came upon Jesus. Remember, Jesus was human. Oh, yes, but Jesus was God. Yes, he was, but he was also human. Remember, it says in the Bible, it says that he laid aside his glory. He laid aside his power. He put that all aside so that he could become like us, like you and like me, feeling like you and me, tempted like you and me. He became one of us. So Jesus, to move into his ministry at this point, did Jesus do miracles before this? I don't think so. That's another sermon. He needed the empowering of the Holy Spirit to move into his ministry in the power of the Spirit. We need that too. But listen, and then it says in verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, whenever the heavens open and a voice, the voice of God speaks in the Bible, it's always indicating this is a very significant moment in history. The voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus was human like you and me. He needed to hear those words from his Father. And you and I hunger, deeply hunger to hear those words. This is my son. If my boy walked in now, my growing man, I've got two sons and a daughter. One son is six foot six and built like an all black lock. The other six foot two. But if one of them walked in right now, my heart would just go boom, boom, and I would just pause. I, my goodness, that's my son. And it would pause because one lives in Phoenix right now and one lives in London. So if they walked in the door right now, I would pause. Hussey, this, this is my son. My son would just beam. He would just be filled because dad acknowledges that he's his son. We need desperately to be accepted, to hear those words of unconditional acceptance for who we are, not for what we do. Our world, our world is built on giving you appreciation for what you do. Your boss says, oh, great job, great job. But we need to be appreciated, unconditionally accepted just because we exist. Celebrating birthdays is great. You know why? Because it's not celebrating what you did. It's celebrating you, that you are, that you exist. We need that. And this sense of acceptance enables us to be able to stand upright in our identity and walk tall through life. Without that sense of acceptance, we can go through life bent over. When I was 13, my grandma and granddad were taking me and my three siblings 
uptown to do some shopping and then they always shouted us cake and biscuits and something to drink, usually a milkshake or something like that. This particular day, I unraveled my skinny six-foot-something frame and stood upright and began to walk alongside my grandparents. My granddad comes up to me and says, Son, he says, stand up tall. Be proud of the way God made you. See, I hated being tall. I got called Daddy Longlegs. I was always being asked, what's the weather like up there? I said, well, get a ladder and find out. I was always asked, well, I guess you play basketball. And I looked down at them and said, I guess you play mini golf. I just happened to play basketball, by the way. But, but anyway, you know, so I, I just hated being tall. So I used to walk around not drawing attention to myself. <laughs> when you're bent over, you draw more attention to the yourself than when you walk upright in the person and identity that God destined you to walk in. But if you've never had a sense of being totally accepted, you struggle to stand upright and just send us to a life of earning acceptance from others by being whoever you need to be in order to gain their acceptance. The only problem with that is you develop a false self. People begin to totally accept this false self that you have created, that they like, and that you've created for them to like. And you go to bed that night, and the hunger for acceptance has been somewhat satisfied, but you get up the next day destined to repeat the performance. We're not created to repeat performances. We're created to live. We're created to stand in the identity that Christ has called us to be. And so many children of God are walking around, bent over, doing whatever they can to get the acceptance from others. And it goes on day after day, and it's killing some of you. This is my son, whom I love, whom I love. There's an old sign that used to be on the sides of the motorways, on the billboards. Seat belts are like hugs. Kids need them. I wanted to get my aerosol can up, go and put a bracket in there and put adults too. Yeah, adults need hugs to be adequately nurtured. Children need appropriate hugging and kissing as they grow up, especially from their fathers. And if you're a father here, don't stop hugging and kissing your little boy or your little girl when they're 13. Hi, son. How was the day at school? Good. Glad you had a good day. Carry on. Just play hard. Run hard. Play fair. Good job. Why, why, why do we all of a sudden, you know... We can't give them a big hug and a, and a kiss anymore just because they're a teenager. They need it even more. They're coming into their sense of identity and dads are destined to call them out and into that identity. <clears throat> yes, it's, that's good. To be adequately nurtured, you need that, that appropriate affection. It keeps the emotional tank topped up. We have so many people walking around with empty emotional tanks. That's why we will turn to anything that will fill that. Some of you men were never hugged as you grew up. You were never shown appropriate affection. And now you find it difficult 
to show affection to your own children or to others or to your wife or both or all. One wife confided in me this. She said, the dogs on the farm receive more affection from my husband than I do. Oh, ouch. We're not on a farm, are we, done? So it's not you. No, it's not you. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I know this guy well, and he never had the model of a father who could show him appropriate affection. He had never had it modeled, so he could never pass it on. I see this guy now. When I meet him, he'll give me a hug. Because I've just continued to hug him over the years. Then we read these words. With him, I am well pleased. We all long, we all hunger to be affirmed. It's the way God has wired us. It's not wrong to want affirmation or acceptance or affection. They are God-given cravings within us. Don't negate that. But it's how we go to satisfy those hungers that often causes us the problems. You know, you've completed a task, you've completed a project, and you're just longing for somebody to step up and say, hey, well done. You know, I know in church life it's so important to always be appreciative of all the countless volunteer hours that are invested. Oh, yes, of course, the volunteers, they do it for Jesus. They do it because they're passionate about his mission. Why do we need to thank them? Why do we need to spend any money appreciating them? Because they just need to do it. You know, get on and serve. That's what means following Jesus. You watch your volunteers begin to walk out the door after the years because they just do not feel appreciated. I love the heart of this church. I've watched your pastor appreciating the volunteers, thanking people. No wonder you want to hang around in an environment like that when you have somebody who appreciates and affirms you for what you do. I will go out and spend hours in our garden, pea straw, keeping the weeds down. As I say, thank God for pea straw means I've got time to do other things, but I prune and I keep everything looking nice. And then Joe comes out and she says to me, Honey, thank you so much. The garden's looking beautiful. Thank you for all the hours you invest and in, in keeping it looking so good. Oh, I'll keep it coming, honey. Anything else you want to say? Just keep pouring it on because that feels so good for all of that effort. We hunger for affirmation. I was an athlete. I'm still an athlete. I'm still running the race. But I was a sprinter, and my dad came to watch me compete one day. And I was just so excited. Dad was coming to watch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this hard. I'm going to cross first. I didn't win that day. I wish I had. I got second or third in the race. But anyway, driving home, I was waiting for Dad's words. You know, he's like, I didn't want to ask him what he thought, but you know, because I hadn't won, you see. But anyway, I was thinking he was going to say, "Oh man, you smoked that. You know, you didn't get first, but son, you were running cool. You, you know, you just about got there at the end. But oh man, it was that was a good race. I'm so glad I was there." No, my dad said these words. He said, "Son, you know, you you run quite upright. Maybe if you just leaned in a bit more, you might have a bit more speed." And I don't know what he said after that because I'd shut down. I was gone. <laughs> 
I so longed for my dad to affirm me as an athlete. And don't get me wrong, I love my dad. He died when he was 28. Till the day he died, we always greeted each other with a kiss on the lips. Pardon? I was 20. He was 28. No, you're sorry. Sorry. Uh, I was 28. Yes. You'd be thinking, oh, how did that work? Yeah. Yeah. My dad showed me great affection. My dad was a most loving man. He was a committed Christian. He was an example of what a real follower of Jesus looks like. Going to the bedroom and the first thing in the morning there is sitting up, Bible open. He's just having his devotions with the Lord. He was an inspiration to me. But, you know, all of that said, we long for that affirmation. If you're a parent here, compliment your kids freely. Keep the praise going. Oh, dear, don't want to do that too much. They'll, they'll just get a swelled head. They'll become proud. No, they won't. They need it more than ever. People need encouragement. They need to be affirmed every day in what they do. We hunger for it. Affirm their efforts if you've got kids. And you mightn't have kids. You mightn't even be married. doesn't matter. You've got friends. Affirm them. Appreciate them. Appreciate those at your workplace, in your school, on your sports team, in your hobby or interest group. Go up to people and thank them. I'll often be at a place and uh, either at a, a church service or uh, if I'm at a public event or something and somebody's performed or done something, I uh, go to Joe's school dramas and at the end I always want to go up and just affirm and say, hey, thank you. I really appreciate it and be specific. Give them something specific. Oh, thank you. That was lovely. Well, wh why was it lovely? Well, you, you just engaged us all. I love that. We need that. We need it. And we all needed our parents to call us out into our identity. Particularly, we needed our fathers to call us out into our identity. We just don't self-actualize. There was a couple in our church. She rang me one time and said, listen, I've had it. Our, our marriage is done. I just can't take it anymore. It's not that he's, he's a bad husband. He's just not a good husband. Go figure that one out. <clears throat> I said, well, we need to, I, I want to I speak to him too. So let, let's uh, you know, talk to him and see if we could get together. She got back to me and said, no, he, he's just not interested. He doesn't do that. So I said, well, listen, I, I, I can't really help you both unless you're both willing to be helped. Well, anyway, about 18 months went on, and over the Christmas New Year period, I get a phone call from her. And she says, I've been to the lawyer. It's all arranged. I'm leaving. I just can't take it anymore. I said, when he gets home from work, get him to give me a call. Well, sure enough, he was on the phone. This was desperation now. He said, Gordon, can we talk? I said, sure. Can I come over? He said, yeah, that'd be great. So I went over. I said, let's go for a walk. So we go out for a walk. He's a freezing worker, strong, muscly man. And we're talking away, just trying to unpack. Well, how is this marriage just founded on the rocks like it has? And then I started to ask him some questions. I said, when you were growing up, did, did mum and dad tell you that they loved you? No, don't, don't ever remember hearing those words. 
I said, did they give you a hug? Did they, you know, just show some affection to you? No, I don't recall ever having received that. I said, what about, you know, you, you did well at school or sport, and did they say, well done, good on you, mate? That, that's, well, they wouldn't have said mate, they would have said his name, but, you know, good on you. N no, don't remember ever hearing that. By this time, tears were literally streaming down his face. I said, hey, why don't we just head back to your place, jump in my car, and we'll just go and continue talking. It'll be a bit more private for you rather than <laughs> this grown man, tears streaming down his face, trying to see ahead of him on the pavement. We arranged to get together with him and his wife, and we sat down in their lounge, and I said, just before we get underway, I just want to do one thing. I just want to give your husband a hug. So I said to him, I said, just stand on. I'm going to give you a hug. So he stood up, and I wrapped my arms around him. He wrapped his muscles around me and held me in a bear hug, and we hugged. And then, you know, after two or three seconds, it's sort of, you know, well, that's about right. We'll let go. Except he wasn't letting go. He, no, he's just, he's, he's hanging in there. I said, okay, well, well I'll hang with you, bro. I, d I didn't say that. I'm thinking, I'll hang with you there. So then, well, another four or five seconds and so we'll let, no, no, he's just hanging there. He's weeping his heart out. My shoulder's getting more and more damp. In fact, it's saturated. The tears have wet my shirt and I'm feeling it on my shoulder. And as I'm sort of concentrating on that, I see his wife out of the corner of my eye. She'd never seen her husband cry. And then we sat down and we, we began a process. And praise the Lord, that marriage came well back together. But you know what the problem was? Yes, yes. <clears throat> they're still in our church and they're still together. Doesn't mean to say it has all been plain sailing, but they're still together. You know what the problem was? He had never received affirmation or acceptance or affection. And so he determined that his kids were not going to miss out like he had. So he, he showed love and affection and affirmation to his kids. He poured himself into that. And guess what? His wife got nothing. But now he understood. Now he understood. When Jesus was baptized by the Father, but baptized by John, his father spoke out words of acceptance, total acceptance, loving affection and warm affirmation. This is my son. Is everybody listening? This is my son, whom I love. Did you hear that, people? Whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Many of us struggle in life or aren't even able to function well because we've not received adequate acceptance, affection, and affirmation. And we all need this kind of blessing in our lives if we're going to function and be called forth into our true identity. If we're going to stand as the people God has destined for us to stand as and to live as children of God. So when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, 
It tells me in the Bible that I become a child of God. And the blessing that was spoken over Jesus by his Father now can be spoken over us. In the Old Testament, fathers used to bless their sons and call them into their identity. They do a bar mitzvah when a Jewish boy is 12 years old. He is now stepping from childhood into adulthood. It's a calling out and a calling into. And when we come to Christ, we're called out of the kingdom of darkness. We're called out of an old identity. We become a new creature. Creature? creature and we're called into the kingdom of light to stand upright in our new identity but the problem is if we don't deal with what's called us to be bent over and crouched over we will continue on in our Christian life bent over always seeking always operating in the old patterns the, the Greek word for blessing is made up of two words that mean speaking well of and words, so words that speak well of. And those words of blessing are designed to cause one to prosper, to flourish, to make happy, to have the unconditional giving of joy to one another. And what you may have missed from your parents or what they were unable to give you, your heavenly Father wants to give you. Listen to these words from the first book of John, chapter 3. Verse 1 and 2. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. The Father's lavished his love upon you. He demonstrated it by sending his son to die on a cross for your sin and my sin, for your brokenness and mine. That we should be called children of God. This is my son. This is my child. This is my son. This is my daughter. God says to his children, I love you. I've shown you what it looked like. And with you, I'm well pleased that you've been strong enough, courageous enough to admit you're a sinner in need of saving. You're a sinner who needs the grace of God. You're a sinner who needs a savior. Well done. And so we can be blessed and we can begin to stand upright in the new identity we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's also why we need to be knitted into a local church where it's a place of blessing for God's children, a place where words are spoken that cause His people to prosper, to flourish, to stand tall. Place yourself in the way of blessing. Oh, yes, but I just like to come. I don't like to get too involved because, you know, churches just use people. And I don't want to feel used. So I'm just quite happy just to sit. You'll sit and miss the blessing. You'll sit and never move into your identity as a follower of Jesus. Because when you move into relationship and connect groups and worship teams and kids ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry and tech ministry, whatever the ministry or the team, cleaning ministry, that's a ministry by the way. When you move into that and you're rubbing shoulders with other people, guess what? You've put yourself in the way of blessing. And you too can be a blessing. And you can speak. I, I just love working with you. You're such an encouragement to me. Well, you know what? I love working with you too. Because you sort of just brighten up my day. And you both have spoken blessing. 
and you're bringing one another upright because God comes to me through you and God comes to you through me that you might be blessed, that you might know that you're a child of God. This is my son. You are his child with whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, my God. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Father, we thank you that you've shown us your love. Thank you that you've spoken out your acceptance of us. You've called us into your family. And we can be among ones who will speak words to us of blessing. I just want to pray for anybody this morning who's never stepped into that relationship with the Lord Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to Christ. And this morning, maybe you've been coming along for a few weeks with a friend, just checking this church out. Or maybe you've been here for a long time, but you know what? You just realize right now, I've never actually surrendered my life to Jesus. Admitted I'm a sinner and invited him into my life. If that's you, I'd just love to pray for you this morning. Just ask you, would you pop up your hand and then we're all going to pray together. Is there anybody this morning who'd just love to surrender your life to Jesus? Thank you. There's just one there. Another one here too. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else right now? Now church, could you help me? pray this prayer out loud that I'm going to invite those of you who put your hands up to pray to. Would you pray this out loud together with me? Just follow me. Thank you Lord Jesus that you loved me and went to the cross for me. Died there for my sin and I admit I am a sinner in need of saving and so I surrender my life to you right now I confess that you are now my Lord and my Saviour and I want to live for you from this day on in Jesus name 